Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings. We are your Scottish wedding. Your go-to wedding planning magazine, both in print and online. From inspiration to realisation, plan your perfect wedding with us. This is the podcast to learn about the Scottish wedding industry. Find out about the good, the bad and the magical that the Scottish wedding industry has to offer. From suppliers to real life weddings, our own take on everything weddings. We promise you'll have a fantastic time listening. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Let's plan your perfect wedding. Um, and Katie suggested cleverly doing the top 10, doing it um, countdown style, top of the pops, if <laughs> anyone else is from that era. Um, I loved top of the pops. Are. I'm sad it's not around. Or is it? But it's just not the same. Well, they have, they, <laughs> that they have top of the pops too now. So um, that's like repeats of top of the pops. So the younger, the younger I think generation. They had top of the pops too. Well, they in our did. Day as well. We got the nineteen seventies and stuff. Whereas, whereas now, now yeah, it's like exactly. blur on top of the pops too, and you think, oh yeah, I remember watching that when I was eating my <laughs> <Yeah>. tea. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Today we have our very first writer's room chat. And for the first time in Jen, Katie's and Claire's lives, they are the ones getting interviewed. Way! <laughs> so we've had a pre-chat of all the nervousness of being on the other side of the interview questions. Um, what we're going to do today and what you will find with all of our writers rooms going forward is we will discuss the issue that has just been launched and possibly go into what we're looking for in the next issue. So today we are looking at the May issue and for anyone that's not seen it, it is the mum's issue, but we've got this beautiful red imagery with this gorgeous redhead on the front cover. So which one of my lovely esteemed colleagues would like to start us off with chatting about the cover of the magazine? <laughs> and this is where the nerves kick in. <laughs> I suppose that should be me. Um, yeah, so it's Katie here. And this is an image we actually selected from a shoot by Lena Sabella, wedding photographer, that she did at Wellington House on the Square in Air. Uh, this is one that we actually just came across on Instagram. We've featured Lena's work on the front cover before. That was in the September issue, last issue, and came across this. And honestly, the shoot is so beautiful. I could have used any number for the front cover on it. But it really, really called to me, this one. I just love that it was very, very different to other ones that we've done before, I think. And I just love that we've got a redhead on the front of uh, a Scottish <laughs> wedding magazine. She's absolutely definitely beautiful. representing. I know, I know. So yeah, we're we're thrilled with this one. Fantastic. Now, Jen and Claire, we haven't heard from you guys on the podcast before, so could <clears throat> both of you come in and just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your role on the magazine? Let's start with Jen. <laughs> so. I'm a freelance contributor with Your Scottish Wedding, but I've worked with Katie before in another life, <laughs> in another <laughs> publication, and we've known each other for a very long time. So I came on board in sort of autumn 2022 and started doing some features for the magazine then. So I, I do um, features for this magazine. And I also write for other publications and websites. And I specialise mostly in writing about arts and culture when I'm not writing about weddings. And I also <laughs> write newsletters and do some press for an organisation called Women in Journalism Scotland, which is a great wow. networking and training organisation based in Scotland. So, yeah, so I've got quite a, a varied life, a varied range of things I write about. But this is a really nice thing for me to be doing because I love 
human interest stories and you can't get any more human than getting married married and (laughs) having weddings and all the things that go into and all the emotions that go into getting married so I think that it's really nice to be able to get a glimpse into these people's days it's really a, a privilege I think when we're doing things like the real weddings when the couples have told us about their day and it's great talking to the people who work in the industry because they're actually loads of fun and they really know their stuff and they're so friendly as well it's just a real really nice thing to be doing so that's what I do for the magazine. Can we also mention at this point that Jen has also just scooped an award, so she's now an award-winning journalist. I I forgot about that. Yeah, I um, (laughs) It's still so new. It's it's actually sitting in my husband's study because I don't have a safe place to put it to keep it away from my children (laughs) because it's quite a dangerous thing. It's a sort of glass award and it's very, very heavy and I'm kind of worried that the kids are going to either drop it on their toes or break something with it but yeah I won a press award at the beginning of June at um and it was in Glasgow and it was for regional feature writer of the year and that was for features I'd written for a regional newspaper in Tayside fantastic that is so exciting thanks for reminding me Katie how are you going to back that one up (laughs) I know I think I'm actually going to turn on my camera because I feel like um otherwise I feel like I'm not really going to be even talking to anyone so I've got no chance of talking (laughs) so I've got no big heavy awards I'm afraid but um I've been um, with the magazine since it began, really. Um, I knew Katie from working alongside her on another wedding-related publication. Um, and, yeah, my background is um, basically writing. Um, always done comms-related things and um, been in-house working, but then began working um, for myself, I don't know how many years ago, a wee while. <laughs> I don't like to think about it because it reminds me of my age. Um, You're still 25, right, so Claire? 100%. I usually just say I've just died. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I write for, um, I do a bit of business writing. I do a lot of wedding writing um, across a few different publications. But obviously, your Scottish wedding is my firm favourite. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a pleasure to have been with a magazine from the beginning, actually, just to see the initial ideas and, and how they developed. Although I did have um, a mm-hmm. few months out last year as I had a couple of babies. Um, so I had twins last summer. So, yeah, paused writing and then um, joined back on board a few months yes, ago. So, um what an adventure. Pardon? I know, just back in time for the issue that we're discussing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just made it back. So it's quite nice to have one under my belt now. I feel like I'm properly back. Um, but yeah, much like Jen, I just love the buzz of writing about weddings. I love chatting to the real couples, finding out what they did that was different, um, you know, what they chose to include, what they did that bucked tradition. There's, you know, each and every wedding is different there's something about it but I always love I was thinking about it in the shower this morning trying to get prepared for this and um what I love is that so many of the weddings when we ask them their highlights they say it's you know the really simple things like walking down the aisle Mm. or sitting at the reception standing at the reception and seeing their friends and family all together you know it's it's very rarely you know the the place names or the things that end up being such big stressors in the lead up but it is just really the simple part that's just all about love and what the day is about Mm. um so yeah I love that and much like Jen love chatting to the suppliers and just I find that you know we might come at it with a specific angle for an article but it's speaking to them that then shapes it you know you've perhaps got something in mind and then you talk to them and it's like oh I didn't quite think of that or that's a really good example we'll take it this way and yeah you might start with a brief and then it just grows throughout it and you get the finished product like due to who you're speaking to really fabulous so speaking about that like really diving into and finding an angle why why did we choose to do a mum's issue talk about 
that kind of thinking behind highlighting the mums in this issue. I think it's so important that we do take into account it isn't just about the couple getting married, you know. It's one of those things where I'm sure we've actually titled a feature in the past, It Takes a Village, probably one of the real life weddings, possibly for the coming issue, Jen, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and it really does when you talk about, uh, talk to couples when you're discussing like their real life wedding feature, how many times do we have particularly brides saying, I've really leaned on my mom. I've really, you know, she's been there for me thinking to my own wedding. I'm sure my mom and dad actually were making like little individual pots of jam as favors and they were in it <laughs> right when doing so much that I couldn't do because I actually got married um, back home in Northern Ireland, but there's such an integral part to it. And I think it's very important that we do make this um, a yearly thing where we do have a mum's issue. And it's not just about the outfit, even though that's a hugely important bit about it. And we've got some amazing suppliers on board with the magazine who support us. And we like to make sure that, you know, we're really highlighting what they do and all the ways they can help you make, find your outfit and look your very best. But We've particularly done one feature where it's really paying tribute to all the ways you can involve your mums on your wedding day as well. So, yes, you want them to look amazing. You want them to feel amazing on your wedding day. But I think traditionally, and I actually say it in this feature, history has not been kind to mums and particularly mother-in-laws. You know, they can have such an integral part in the planning and then they just traditionally sit there and don't really say very much on the top table. Whereas you know the beauty of a wedding nowadays is it can take whatever form you want it to and you know why not have your mum walk you down the aisle whether that's alongside your dad or in place of or if you're walking yourself down the aisle give your mum another role in your wedding I remember going to a friend's wedding where both the mums actually signed the register instead of maids of honour or best men we did that yeah, at my wedding. It, yeah, that's so lovely. And, and your mum did a speech too, Claire. Yeah, my mum did a speech as well. Yeah, we were loving the mums at my <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and that's so important. But why did you feel that you wanted to give them that role? Um. Yeah, just to kind of pay tribute to them, I suppose. They did so much to help us on the lead up to the wedding. Exactly what you're saying. You know, they do a lot of the graft. They trail around the shops. They they're the sounding boards for a lot of your ideas and you kind of want them to be recognized and and feel special um and it's a great photo <laughs> op as well isn't it get them signing the register Absolutely. with you my mum in my wedding was put in charge of balloons for the evening reception and tablet for the evening reception that tablet yeah and she was giving out raffle tickets to people <laughs> and I don't remember why but she had it in her head that she wanted to give out raffle tickets and it was something to do with getting something in exchange for the raffle ticket it might have been a drink but all I remember is that she lost it well before I did on my wedding day she'd completely gone her head was in the clouds and actually I want to give a shout out to the aunts because my aunt was the one who had her, you know, she was totally on it. She was like, Jen, what do you need? I'll do this. Jen, what do you need? I'll do this. Because my mum was just in some kind of woo land. <laughs> she was so funny. And everyone was saying to me, is your mum okay? I was like, yeah, I think so. But I don't really have time to pay attention to my mum because I'm sort of getting ready to yeah. get married so it was really funny but the tablet was actually very good so and we did have balloons as well so. <laughs> but yes it was um it was nice involving my mum too but I don't think she maybe would have wanted a, a more serious role than the tablet and the balloons to be honest it might have been a bit too much <laughs> So tell us a bit about how we're highlighting mums in this issue. Well, as I said, we have the whole feature, and I am flicking through my magazine, which is sitting in front of me in the coffee table here. Um, so I'm now on the mums section. We've got a whole dedicated photo shoot, and that one's just stunning. We've got uh, mm. three models together, and just highlighting all the different looks that there are. So I think a lot of the time, people when they're first starting out think oh this is how a mother of the bride or a mother of the groom looks and really when you start going to 
your specialist suppliers. There's a whole myriad of ways for mums to look. Claire's actually touched on that on your um, Modern Mamas feature. I love that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's you just have this stereotypical image of what a, a mother of the bride looks like, but that's perhaps comes from back when our mums got married and it's just so different. You know, every supplier I spoke to said, no, not the case. Everyone comes in. I don't want to that look like a mum. I don't want to look mumsy. Yeah. So it's striking the balance between not wanting to look outdated, but also not trying to look too young as well. Mm. You know, they don't want to look silly. You know, they want to do it um, in a stylish, subtle way. So it's finding a balance there. And that's through, it's not just the outfit, it's the accessories that go with it. And it's, you know, um, a, a big effort to pull it all together. Um, but obviously the suppliers listen to to the mums when they go in, find out what they want, find out their tastes, look at what's on trend, what suits them, what the rest of the bridal party is wearing. There's so many components to pull together that outfit. Um because it is a really important outfit the mums are going to be pictured a lot and you know alongside the bridal party next to the bride's dress the bridesmaid's dresses how does it all fit together um and we spoke a bit in the feature as well I think I'm just glancing down it about um the kind of comfort element that's hugely important as well um you know as as great as a jumpsuit might look as on trend as it might be some mums just wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. in that um that said I did a case study for um this issue and there was a fabulous mother of the bride in a um jumpsuit so anyone who fancies it should definitely give it a try a lot I love about like that case study as well like we're saying yes there's so much goes into it but that was just complete chance wasn't it Claire like she was I think going for her husband's kilt fitting and meeting up with the her yeah. daughter and daughter-in-law and just happened to see this one in the shop and thought I fancy trying that and she looked fabulous yeah I think that's often how it happens the same with um, bridal mm-hmm. grade as well it's sometimes when you least expect it something just pops up doesn't mm-hmm. it and then it's yeah just like a happy be. mistake <laughs> and they really do look amazing yeah no, so the images that you've got in the issue from Mia Bella and Fro- Frocks of Falkirk that's a mouthful <laughs> and Catwalk and Gina Smart Boutique I mean they, they all look really really nice I actually really like the one on page 71 that top one um that's about the trend alert about chiffon that is just stunning <laughs> and a jumpsuit and the jumpsuit it's just beautiful mm-hmm. oh i'm on the right the chiffon one's a beautiful color mm-hmm. isn't it really it? is yeah um but the prints down below they're so like you know the sun's shining outside i'm looking down at those yeah. and yeah I'm I'm totally on board with that that really looks nice for a summer wedding as well doesn't it? i mean i mm-hmm. could imagine just wearing that like out for a walk somewhere. <laughs> it looks so I was thinking that. <laughs> Very fancy walk <laughs> down an alleyway. Again, you could quite happily wear that as a guest too, and it's not yes, screaming yeah. mumsy, mumsy in inverted no. commas. Um, or a mum could wear yeah. that again. Um, mm. I'm just looking at those two printed ones and I'm going to the races this summer and thinking, you know, something like that would be lovely. Yeah. So um, I guess in terms of sustainability as well, that's a factor. And some mums are thinking about, um, you know, buying something that they can wear again or even have it altered and wear it again. I'm also hoping that these jumpsuits have pockets because I think we've just been out of the pockets for so long. Our dresses have Too pockets long. now. Wedding dresses, some wedding dresses have pockets. So I think pockets, Mine have pockets, pockets are brilliant, you know. We've we've been missing out for so many years. I think my husband would be delighted too, instead of me loading up his sparring with everything I've got prepared to carry. See, my mum's going to make my dress and there will be pockets. <laughs> Definitely. So, um... To deviate from the mums issue, I really wanted to highlight our I Do Diary because we heard from them on the podcast Um, and it's just so nice to see it in print as well and having a look and seeing their faces. So if anyone really loved our podcast episode with Amber and Kieran, 
and their whole spooky vibe, um, then this is the perfect magazine to get to read. <laughs> I actually cannot wait for their wedding. We've got the issue that we're currently working on, the September issue. We've had a, another catch up with Amber and Karen and again, Rachel and Nicola. And we've got another couple mm. as well involved. So there's um, going to be two of our idea diary couples weddings in the January issue because they're finally getting married in September and October as well as Rachel from Tender Loving Wedding Style so I've known Rachel for years and I actually can't wait to see this wedding it's going to be gorgeous it's going to be amazing (laughs) I can't wait and seeing all the pictures just really puts it more into perspective when you heard their voices or you've read about (laughs) them as well it's such a nice I really do love the I Do Diaries getting to follow the whole journey with them. I know. It is really quite special and something you maybe don't get to see unless you're involved with the couple. And I think with Amber and Karen, it was such a turnaround too because we first spoke to them at the start of last year when they'd just gotten engaged the Christmas before and it's like had their heart set on it's going to be an Edinburgh venue and where else are we going to get mm. that real Gothic architecture that we want and then caught up with them for the issue that we're discussing that's just come out. And it's like, oh no, we've changed, we've changed city, we couldn't find what we wanted in Edinburgh, so we're actually going and we're getting married in Beauclair House Hotel, and no, it's not going to be next um, October as we initially planned, we've brought it forward by a year, because why wouldn't we? And Mm -hmm. they're getting married the day before Halloween too, so it's totally fitting that spooky gothic vibe that they've got going on. I love it, I love it so much. No, I can't wait wait to see this one. So let's, I want to hear from each of you about your favorite part in the magazine. It can, and it can either be specifically this issue or just generally, where is your favorite part in the magazine? Let's start with Claire. (laughs) Um, I think I would have to say the real weddings. I do just love, I'm, I love a wedding now that I'm married myself and most of my friends pretty much all of my friends are now married this is how I'm getting my fix so I just love chatting to each individual couple about it and um this last magazine you know I had such a variety I think I wrote just looking back at it five real weddings and they varied from one at um Edinburgh Zoo um one at um one in New York which was an elopement which they did in secret which was just amazing that was probably looking at this issue specifically that was my favorite one to write um and another one was um really sustainably focused which ties in quite nicely to a feature that I'm writing for the current issue about wild weddings mm. um so it was done um just very very quietly very sustainably very romantically um and yeah it's it's not just what they do on the day and what they come up with but the whole journey to get there and I love hearing you know from the proposal to the planning to the end result and then them reflecting on it after it's just lovely to be able to pull together that story and then the best bit is when you run it past them if they if they need to check it over and they love how it's written and you just think oh I I did them proud yay (laughs) Jen Uh, yeah I'm gonna be exactly the same as Claire (laughs) and say (laughs) the real weddings I I I love all the photo shoots and things I just love looking at those but they're not something that I'm normally involved in because it's more image-led rather than than writing things but the um again I had a really lovely selection I seemed to get a couple of Christmas ones, actually, which kind of delighted me because even though it was the May issue, (laughs) so they're totally out of place in the May issue, but they obviously got married whilst we were writing it. It was more recent that they'd they'd been married Um, and all of the things that they did with all the Christmas vibes were just amazing. And that was also, um, it it was George McLean, who's a celebrant, and it was his daughter got married, but he actually um, conducted the, the ceremony as well. So that was um, Caitlin and Callum. And it's a lovely one. They got married at the Corinthian Club in Glasgow and it was all decked out for Christmas. It was gorgeous. They just thought of everything and they got a few surprises from their family as well. They had 
gospel choir. They had a visit from Santa. They had, you know, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. They had everything. For, there was stuff for the kids. <laughs> it was just like one of these. You, you must have been a brilliant, just a brilliant day. And the photos are, are gorgeous. Um, those were by Daniel Mainland Photography. They're just beautiful. And then my other favourite was um, one of the very final pieces in the magazine, which was um, called Dance With Me with Robin and Graham getting married um, at Carrick Castle Estate in Argyll and Butte. Um, Robin was a, is a dancer. So the photographs are gorgeous because she's posing in these photos against misty backgrounds. They're just beautiful. so pretty. So pretty. It's just so pretty. (laughs) But also she was just so very honest with us about everything, her emotions and, and actually coming to terms with things like the way she looked and like sort of having confidence in her body. And I just thought actually all of that because she was getting married. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, that's so powerful because it's not just, again, what we're saying, it's not just about the bling and the, the things that you buy. It's actually about how you feel about yourself and where you know where you're going. And it's giving you a bit of certainty and a bit of focus. And that's really what comes out from this. And also our dress was absolutely rocking as well. It was an ombre it dress. Yeah, it is gorgeous. And yeah, it just again, so different from the Christmassy ones, really unique and absolutely beautiful. And just again, like I said earlier, just a real privilege to be able to get that insight. Like you kind of feel like you were there. You're like yeah. a sneaky little guest that shouldn't mm-hmm. have been there because you don't know these people <laughs> until they share that information with you. And I just feel very privileged to to get that insight into their planning and their day and, and how they felt and, you know, the joy of it all. You kind of, once you finish writing it, you kind of feel like you've been through that with them and you think, oh, wow, I feel like I've been to a wedding and a party. And, you know, <laughs> it's like going to loads of weddings that you don't actually attend. So, um, yeah, I love those um, and they're probably my favourite things to write as well. It's actually interesting, Jen, when you say that, because the amount of people when they ask what my job is, they say, so do you go to lots of weddings then? And I'm like, no, actually, I go to a surprisingly few amount of weddings. It's just <laughs> oh, all I wish. In the, I know, can you imagine? But who wants a journalist hanging around <laughs> on their days with, with a notepad? It's I like you're doing, it, you're doing it vicariously. You're, you're living through their their stories and their yeah. beautiful photographs as well because that's the thing you can get the Q&A in from the couple and then when you finally see the image gallery it all just blends together and you think ah I see what you've done here and yeah. look at this dress and you know it's just um they're all so unique every every one of those weddings none of them are the same and that's what makes life so interesting isn't it absolutely it's quite nice being able to speak to them after you've covered their real wedding. So for the last issue, I did an article on videography, um, the you know kind of advantages of having it and why you shouldn't leave it out, and spoke to a past bride, um, Georgie, who'd been married in 2021 yeah, at Cathedral. Yeah, beautiful wedding, which I'm pretty sure it was me who wrote mm. it at the time. And then being able to catch up with her again, um, discuss the videography but she was actually pregnant and just a few months away to from giving birth so you know like you're kind of saying you get a snapshot into their lives but when you get to pop back in Mm. and see what stage they're at now um yeah it's really lovely to be able to do that and of course the diaries the the stories about the real life weddings are our favorites otherwise we wouldn't be in the wedding industry (laughs) exactly (laughs) i know so it'd be so easy to say well actually yeah my favorite bit is also writing up the real life weddings but (laughs) (laughs) but apart from that i would say that one of the features i loved writing for this issue was actually it's called put your own stamp on it and it's when we're discussing all the different rituals and symbols you can include in your wedding ceremony and again it's just what I love about the modern way of of saying I do. You can include so many things, and I say modern, but when you look um, at the origins of so many of these things, like things like hand fasting, they hmm. go way back in time. And the oathing stone too, we've covered in this, where you know people are exchanging vows whilst holding this stone. And in particular, in the case study we've got in this, it was the couple had been given a stone that had come from England, something that would be light 
that would uh, symbolize that side of the family and they could carry it with them. They ended up getting married up a mountain, I think, and uh, they'd, um, it had a picture of a cherry tree on it because the couple had met under a cherry blossom tree. So things like that, Aww. that really, really personalizes it. And, you know, I've been in, in this industry for quite some time now, but there'll be things that I still go, oh, I never heard about that one before. So there was another um, tradition I'd not come across, Las Aras, um, which dates back to before the Romans and actually is earnest money. So it's coins that are brought forward and like trickled into the couple's hands as part of their wedding ceremony. And that's coming from um, different members of the of the guests that can bring that forward. And it's symbolizing that, you know, this is how they're going to look out for each other and also look out for each other's financials uh, going forward as a unit together. So it's just all these different personal ways to weave into your ceremony that I think can show you exactly how you can craft your wedding the way exactly the way you want it to be. That's just lovely. I, I really love that whole bringing something in that's old. It's it's like the whole, you know, you, the the blue, old, yeah. blue, new, borrowed. But to me, some of that old is also the traditions that you bring with. And and for me, straight away, I think about the hand fasting, but also jumping over a broom. Yeah, we've I know that the jumping over a broom doesn't happen that often, but that's something I would love to do. Mm-hmm. And it might be because I love the spooky side of life, but like it's it's nice borrowing those old traditions so you've got borrowed and old <laughs> in your wedding <laughs> and that's something Jen's actually doing on the the next issue to all of the history of uh, wedding traditions which I'm a history student so I love all that <laughs> yeah it's been quite interesting actually to learn that so that will be something that we can talk about for the next the next mm-hmm. podcast once once I've finally written it <laughs> <laughs> Nope. <laughs> sorry guys you'll have to wait till the next writer's room or buying the pod the, the next episode yep. <laughs> not episode magazine september magazine. Like the next <laughs> so we showcase a lot of really amazing venues and katie you guys kind of work around doing themes around how you showcase these venues so can you tell us a little bit about how you've showcased venues in this issue? Well, we always include um, a venues news at the start of our venues um, section in the magazine. And that's something that's grown from magazine to magazine. So I think on our first issue last January, it was a one pager and now we've extended it to three and it's a real roundup of everything that's going on. So, you know, if there's a date for your diary where you have to go down and get an opportunity to see your venue all styled, how it could be for your wedding day or, one thing we've really noticed has been the rise of the micro wedding. You know, it's not just something that has stopped with the end of the pandemic. It's something that's been carried through because couples, a lot of couples have said, well, actually, I don't need to invite 100 people. I'd like to have a more intimate wedding. And venues are really reacting and responding to that and saying, that's fine. We will create that perfect micro wedding package for you. And, you know, sometimes when you're, cutting back on your guest list you can afford to go all out with your food or your entertainment and how you really treat those guests to the best day ever so that's a real trend that especially came up in venues news this issue but we've also done um one feature that we've called away from the norm and this time it's looking at places that are perhaps a little bit more quirky a little bit different so it's not and this is never at me doing down any of the other more traditional wedding venues because I love a castle as much as the next uh, <laughs> woman around here but um it's looking at um venues so just looking down at it we've got the likes of Fru and Farm where they've got resident llamas and alpacas so why would you not want that included on in your wedding day um, <laughs> they actually have uh, a, a special package where you will get like a llama champagne reception I think it is Mm-hmm. I'd need to go back to that one um, or else you've got the likes of Fingal which is like the sister ship to HMS Britannia you've got the likes of Fingal as well so why would you not get married on your own ship that 
sector has been decked out and it used to service the lighthouses around the country and now it's docked in Leith and it's just the last word. It is absolutely stunning on the inside. Or you can also go for something, well, the clues in the title with unusual venues of Edinburgh, you know, it's three venues across the old town down in the vaults that have that mm. real history and that um, really atmospheric feel to them too. So, um, so that was our away from the norm, this issue. And then Jen wrote one, Stars of the Silver Screen, for this issue as well. And it's only, I don't know if it's the age my children are, but things like watching The Princess Switch, where you suddenly go, well, that's actually Hopeton House, or that's another wedding yeah. venue that I know inside out. And uh, you start delving into it thinking, how many places have appeared on the silver screen that we can actually get married in here? And we're so lucky mm. that we have all these places yeah, we really do. It's it's shocking. I remember when Outlander became such a huge thing, and you couldn't throw a stone without hitting an Outlander scene somewhere. I know. Yeah, I mean, I there's definitely I was two, in Dizer, and that was the French Harbour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find it because there's two. There's two, I think, that were Outlander. Um, page two hundred five, then. Page two hundred four. Yeah, I've got actually got post-it notes in all my. <laughs> but then I haven't I unhelpfully haven't said which one is which so it's just like this is an article you wrote but there's not actually <laughs> yeah which ones was it it was I think the Curis mm-hmm. Royal Borough of Curis because you can actually kind of book out the uh the palace and stuff can't you there that's mm-hmm. only a very small mm-hmm. a small wedding and um what was the other one for Outlander so Arniston, I think Arniston House is, yeah, yeah. So they've both appeared and now that's a really big tourist industry as people come in to see Huge, sets yeah. of, of Outlander. Is there, is there always to be a new series I of that so. soon, isn't there? Seen you know adverts for it. I happened to get lost in the way of my brother's wedding. We were driving up to Thoris for it and missed the turning coming off the Aberdeen bypass so ended up further around than I meant to and started going cross-country and it's amazing that I can negotiate my way around the northeast of Scotland by wedding venues because it's like there's that one. <laughs> oh, that means that we're close to this place which means that I can find my way past Harrow House on that way and go completely co- cross-country so yeah working in the wedding industry has done wonders for my my navigation skills too who needs yeah you don't need a sat nav anymore you just need a signpost to a, a hotel or a castle give me a wedding signpost and that's me sorted you know, i love the one in curris and i will say for anyone obviously i'm not scottish so for the longest time i i said cold rocks, cold rocks yeah because that's how it's spelt people it is <laughs> don't ever go to freakum in angus <laughs> Because you'll never be able to say that word. Or Knucker. <laughs> oh, Knucker. Yeah, that's a good one as well. You're screwed in five. <laughs> <laughs> but the curse looks amazing because it actually looks very Mediterranean to me. Maybe it's because it's got that vibrant yellow yeah. mm. um, image. But it, it just, to me, that you just need a few olive trees and you could be getting married in the south of Spain or Italy <laughs> or something. Um, and it's really, really pretty. I really like that one. Yeah, I think that's a gorgeous that's a gorgeous place. But yeah, I've never been to a wedding there. So if anybody wants to invite me to one, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm available. Just when we were saying we don't attend the weddings that we write about. Yep. <laughs> you know, first hand knowledge is is amazing. <laughs> All right. So speaking about venues, you guys have done a specialty called Choose Your Style. And it's looking at Backleton Barn. Have I said that right? Yeah. Yeah. Backleton Barn as well as Equid Tower, uh, which continues a couple of pages after. Mm-hmm. So tell yep. us a bit about this feature. Um, basically, like we've discussed how many uh, different venues there are. And there is pretty much a venue to fit every single style that you could possibly think of. However, there are also so many venues that we have here in Scotland that can be styled in different ways. You may walk in somewhere and say, I love this, but it's not quite the vibe I'm looking for. And that's where you have 
a whole host of these amazing suppliers, um, decor specialists, people who do all the prop hire who can come in and say, well, I can completely transform this space and do it in any which way you wish. So speaking, we spoke to a couple of our suppliers. So we have Get Knotted, who are a styling and prop hire company. And they're based down in the borders. And Katie from there actually got married at Aquid Tower herself, which is one of the neighbouring properties. Um, yeah, she had her wedding reception there when it was 20 years ago. And she says she still remembers there being cows out in the meadows and things. But uh, <laughs> she showed us how she styled it in four different ways. Um, and sometimes, you know, there were COVID was at play in some of these weddings. So things were at different seasons than they were initially meant to be. And it's showing you how they could completely change the vibe of it and change the different rooms they were gonna use because of the seasonal changes too. So they've got four different um, couples here who got married in four completely different ways. And it's really mm. just showcasing, well, yes, you want something that's very strong and pink or you want something that's a lot more dark and moody and a real intimate winter feel. And it's just showing you all the different ways that they have brought their own knowledge to that venue and then filed it up to suit the individual couple's brief. And the same's happened at Backleton Barn where Jen was mentioning we were there on our photo shoot for the current issue. So I was saying for me, it's lovely to write about these venues for years and to finally actually go and view some of them too, because um, we don't always get out to visit every single place. Uh, mm. otherwise we'd never be at our desks but um, <laughs> it was so nice to go to Backleden Barn having written this feature too because all wrapped up Events Scotland um, are one of their major suppliers um, that they work with and to see how Ronnie from All Wrapped Up will come in and again work with different couples and different briefs um, and also show how different areas of that venue can be used for the different seasons so there's a beautiful one where there's an outdoor ceremony looking down onto they've got a gorgeous gazebo that looks out over their little lake there so yeah mm. it's just I think showing versatility is a big word I feel in the wedding industry right now and you know we talk about it all the times with couples looks and how brides can change up their dress but um yeah I think it just applies to every aspect of your wedding so even if something when you first view it isn't quite what you want there's someone there who will have the vision to help you achieve what you're after so that that's the lesson to learn here is that if you fall in love with a venue and it doesn't feel quite right it can still get right <laughs> all right the last one that i really want to come to is music now we've done a special segment around music in this issue haven't we Yes, I wrote that piece of this issue, which I was really pleased to do. Um, and Katie suggested cleverly doing the top 10, doing it um, countdown style, top of the pops, if <laughs> anyone else is from that era. Our um, I loved top of the pops. Are. I'm sad it's not around. Or is it? But it's just not the same. Well, they have, they, that they have top of the pops too now. So um, that's like repeats of top of the pops. So the younger the younger I think generation they had top of the pops too. Well, in they our did, but well. we got the nineteen seventies and stuff. Whereas, whereas now now yeah, it's like exactly. blur on top of the pops too, and you think, oh yeah, I remember watching that when I was eating my tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the young so the young generation can see what they're missing out on because they don't have chart chart shows <laughs> or top of the pops. No, they've got Spotify lists. Yeah, and they, oh, they're, yeah, they're not recording on tape. The off excitement the of listening to to the, the whole top forty to find out who's number one and try to record yeah. your favourite songs. None of that now. <laughs> Wasting three hours of your life every Sunday. <laughs> Followed by dance anthems. Oh yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> well, talking of our age, coming in at number six, there was Naughty's Nostalgia. So I had a nice chat with Dee from Splendid Gentleman, actually very similar to the one that we just had about our age. And um, he's noticing that couples are kind of going back into time to where their nostalgia point is but because of the age of people who are typically getting married we're looking more at the noughties whereas for ourselves that would be you know the 90s or or perhaps even before um so that was an interesting trend there but I guess this piece actually um 
relates quite nicely to what I said at the beginning about talking to the suppliers and letting them shape the content because I just went out, you know, I had a couple of ideas in my head, but just went out to them and said, you know, what are you seeing? How are you changing your services to suit what you're being asked for? Um, one thing that came up with pretty much everybody I spoke to was the sax that is so popular at the, the moment. Sax. Absolutely. I it's used to amazing, play as a kid isn't it? And there's nothing oh, quite really? like a saxophone. It's still the one instrument that can make me completely shut up, which is a hard thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, but they're mm-hmm. just there's a few songs that my mom and I always forget the names of. And then we find it and we send it to each other. So I know those songs are going to be on my wedding list one day. (laughs) But will they be done over an early 2000s trance mashup? Because that's how (laughs) Sax has played mine. Well, talking wow. about showing, talking about showing our age. One of my favorite characters was Lisa Simpson, and she, of course, played the saxophone, yes. and she was super yep. cool, so super clever, super cool, and she played the saxophone. So there you go. I'm glad saxophones are coming back. <laughs> they very much are. I can absolutely confirm that, and in in lots of different ways as well. You know whether. Um, that's a set in the afternoon during the drinks reception or it's incorporating it with the band at night um, and again going with what we're saying about um, the silver screen there's a lot of that coming through in music as well so it's as much as we do all these features separately mm. they all come together in the end you know there's there's a nod to Outlander and you know various other titles on the venues pages but it's then pulled through into the music and I I guess it sort of underlines if somebody's going for a theme how how they can bring in things that mean mean something to them and pull it all together that was another one as well actually in terms of it being personal um coming in at number nine Amaroni music we're saying a lot of people are getting special arrangements of songs Mm. written for them as a couple um is kind of growing in popularity personalizing your wedding is you know increasingly cool and so doing it through music is just a different yeah, way i really love to those do that trends, as well um that i've seen mainly on tiktok actually <clears throat> of it starts out as a traditional wedding march or something and then turns into like a favorite song mine's is always like the jurassic park song that comes in and it just makes me happy every time i need a ghostbusters version too but it's quite nice to have that like again that homage to the old and then bringing in something that's meant something to you one trend i've particularly loved again seeing on tiktok mainly is the rise of the flower man so (laughs) yes i am loving these men in their 30s with their bum bags (laughs) filled with petals or <laughs> taking it and just like doling out bears as they make their way down the aisle I love that I've letting only, out their inner child I only became aware of this last week when I was interviewing George McLean really? and he was like oh you'll have to look at my Instagram because I've got a video of these two guys and they're basically doing I think they were doing like a highland sort of they were spinning round and they were throwing flowers at the same time and their kilts on <laughs> well not sorry not throwing flowers but just confetti or flower petals Petals. Mm-hmm. and they're like they're like fab it just look like such a fun thing to be doing I and I thought hey I wish I wish I could just do it all over again and have all this stuff happening at my wedding I know, God, my daughter's just been a flower girl and she would have been so unimpressed if she was upstaged for one of her uncles <laughs> it's quite nice to hear that um joviality coming into weddings like that having fun allowing your inner child to come Mm -hmm. out almost um to have this amazing day because yeah I mean who doesn't want Jurassic Park Jurassic World songs coming on and dinosaurs for dinner okay Claire I want it (laughs) (laughs) but it's nice to see kind of that yeah (laughs) yeah it's nice seeing that like happy not that weddings haven't always been happy but I feel a lot of weddings have been quite serious and Mm -hmm. it is a serious matter absolutely but kind of having I guess a lot more personality coming into them and in the ways that you laugh and the way that you find joy um throughout life I guess and having that show up in the wedding as well yeah I think that's something they talk about and the traditions as well is that you can kind of be constrained by tradition or you can be inspired by tradition and actually I think people are now taking their own spin on things a lot more rather than saying oh well I can't do that because 
we're supposed to do this. But actually, I've spoken to so many people who have said, just use it as a starting point and say what you like about it and what you don't like about it and then go from there. So, you know, if you want to have Jurassic Park at your wedding, then go for it. Yeah, my like son would like one regret. We walked, I walked in, and it was a church wedding, so I walked into Pachelbel's Canon, um, as you did. And uh, we walked out to something incredibly traditional that I can't even remember now. And he's like, why did we not just walk out to like some 90s trance song that he absolutely loves? <laughs> and it would have been so him as well. And I don't know yeah. why we didn't do it. I think it was too much of a, oh, but, you know, it's a church. It's a church. Yeah. Yeah, we... It just wasn't the done no. thing, though. Times have, again, showing our age, but yeah, times have massively changed and it's like permission has That's been right. granted for everyone to, to personalise a bit more. Yeah. Um, we did a couple of sneaky, th- like we did a really sneaky thing, which is totally weird. And for some reason, my husband and I, at some point in our lives, before we had children, thought in the night garden was really funny. <laughs> So we were obsessed. We were obsessed within the night garden for no reason because we we did not have children, (laughs) but we thought it was hilarious. It was like when students used to watch the Teletubbies, and we actually got the cake maker to make a niggle piggle and put it on the back of the cake so that we (laughs) could see it, but nobody else could. So we're looking at everyone, and this thing's like staring back at us, but they couldn't (laughs) see the. And we were laughing at it every time we went up to the cake. We're like, look, there's a go piggle on our cake. And people must have been like, what are they up to? So, you know, we, we maybe, maybe started a trend of being absolutely crazy, doing funny, stupid things. that um, It's like a private joke almost that nobody yeah. else would understand. So, yeah, there we go. We had a niggle piggle on our cake. And a concealed niggle piggle. I never knew. Did you not see it? I'll send you a photograph. We took a photograph of the other side of it. Yeah, that's going through the group chat later. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and find it. I'll need to go and rake in for my pictures first. <laughs> well, what a fabulous way to end our very first writer's room. We really hope that everyone enjoyed it and that you are keeping an eye out for the September issue. If you haven't already got the May issue, you can buy it on our website, yourscottishwedding.co.uk, and keep an eye out on our socials for the next issue. And subscribe. Any parting words, ladies? Subscribe, yes. Subscribe to everything. Social media, TikTok, podcast, everything. That's it from us on Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Don't forget to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to be featured on next week's story, get in touch with sales at yourscottishwedding.co.uk.